you people. On dope, it's perfect. Do you hear that? It's the winds of change. Hey, Renegade Nation. This is Everly Isby. I'm connecting the dots right here on Renegade Talk Radio. And it's Wednesday, July 12th, 2017. I'm going to talk a bit into the G20 of this past weekend and some of the things surrounding it. Very interesting times we're in. I do believe it's a signifier of major changes coming. Uh, Merkel, German, Germany's Merkel, chaired the G20 summit this last weekend, and she completely and utterly failed to lead G20 to a successful conclusion. I mean, well, of course, there was Merkel lost control of the streets of Hamburg, which looked more like a civil war, challenging even her authority. However, Merkel thought she could score a major diplomatic triumph by getting everyone together to gang up on Trump over the climate accord. So of the 20 alleged world leaders, I do say that loosely, 19 of the 20 sided with her, while her own industries are yelling that the Paris Climate Accord will cost a tremendous amount of jobs, uh, pushing her climate agenda forward. So what took place was not merely was that she unable to intimidate Trump, but China also insisted on being able to expand its carbon energy use and agreeing with Trump. But what's really telling is what also has just come out, and I love this because I've known for a very long time that global warming is an absolute hoax, and even the whole climate change meme is a hoax by definition. Because as I've said over and over, with the Earth's climate, is in a constant state of flux and cycles. So, oh, climate change is happening. No shit, Sherlock. What else is new? But listen to this, because here is my vindication on what I've been saying all along in harmony with so many client scientists around the world who've been shut out of the debate because they have refused to lie down and play the political agenda behind the whole thing. It's just politics, my friends. Just politics to raise taxes on industry and all of us in with our utility bills and on down the line, just even how much it costs them to collect garbage because they're using fossil fuels to drive the garbage trucks. You name it, the taxes go up. It's just another derivative game so that these self-same greedy bureaucrats can line their pockets while scaring the gullible folks who take their lies as truth. The governments are going broke. All of them. So they're raising taxes right and left to save their Ponzi schemes. Just remember, the majority of the governments of the world are not governments, but a huge corporatocracy working for what all corporations do. The bottom line of profits that they're stealing right out of our pockets. It's a massive fraud game on an historically unprecedented scale. Get it through your head and stop listening to their lies, renegade nation. I'm sure most of you already get this, but I'm constantly amazed at how many people listen to this patholo- these pathological world leaders. But, okay, I'm going to go back to my regular subject. Here's what has just come out. 
After six years, the libel lawsuit filed by Dr. Michael Mann, the climate scientist who created the hockey stick climate model and graph, is finally coming to an end. The lawsuit was against Dr. Tim Ball, a retired professor at the University of Winnipeg in Canada, for saying that the data used by Mann was fraudulent and that he should be in the state pen instead of Penn State. <laughs> Mann claimed that this was defamation of character. The court, however, asked Mann to prove that his data was not fraudulent and asked for it to be made available for inspection. When Mann refused, he was in contempt of a court order and that likely will lead to the collapse of his case against Professor Ball. Ball is expected to instruct his attorneys to ask for punitive court action, including a ruling that Mann did act, Dr. Mann did act, with criminal intent when using public funds to commit climate data fraud. Professor Ball's debunking of global warming, by the way, soon will be broadcast on the internet, along with 13 other experts who participated in a conference sponsored by Freedom Force International called Global Warming, an Inconvenient Lie. <laughs> Memories of gore. Anyway, this is the climate science trial of the century, and there's only one possible outcome from this. Dr. Mann's humiliation, defeat, and likely criminal investigation in the United States. Mann's imminent defeat is set to be send shockwaves worldwide within the climate science community as the outcome will be both a legal and scientific vindication of U.S. President Donald Trump's claims that climate scare stories are a hoax. Right he is. So here's a basic description of how man's computer climate model was set up. Man's graphic model was first and foremost a cherry-picked version of science. Uh, he conveniently left out the medieval warm period, made it disappear, uh, and shows a pronounced upward tick in the late 20th century, which is the blade of his hockey stick. Now, Ball's graph, Dr. Ball's graph, using more reliable and widely available public data, shows a much warmer medieval warming period, with temperatures hotter than today, and showing current temperatures well within natural variation. There you have it, folks. We'll be watching this as it goes along. But uh, getting back to the global warming climate change scare tactics, I see videos, you know, all the time on YouTube, all the time. Don't believe it, Renegade Nation. Intense weather phenomenon does and always has happened since the beginning of time on this planet. And none of those videos, because I'll watch them here and there. They're nothing new. Now, one other thing I want to say is mankind's footprint. Does it have anything to do with strange weather? I'd say yes. But you have to figure out that military and corporations have been developing weather modification programs for many, many decades. They can create tornadoes and hurricanes. They can control their direction and the type of damage they do. They can create earthquakes and often do in political war game scenarios. Think of HARP. Think of chemtrails. And the list goes on, Renegade Nation. If we're going to determine what the Earth is actually doing climate-wise, we need to make governments and their various agencies and the secret military programs of weather modification and God knows what else 
to stop their programs so that we can determine what's actually going on. Then, as I've also said before, we have to take a bird's eye view of what's happening in our solar system and the sun itself because lots of atmospheric changes and uh, uh, magnet, the magnetospheres of all of the planets are going on there as well that affect us here. So what's it all about? Well, the distillation is we don't have all the answers yet, but at least we can get rid of this con hoax. Ah, but what else happened during the G20? Well, high-level politicians arrested in huge pedophile sting. This came out on July 7th. According to several sources, a global pedophile network on the dark web has been shut down, resulting in thousands arrested, including high-level politicians, entertainers, white-collar professionals, and high-ranking clergy members. Oh, I'm so surprised. Are you surprised? I'm so surprised. And the dark web, if you're not familiar, is only available to those who know the encryption keys to enter it. It's available to the general public. Further arrests have been made globally following the initial raid in a joint effort involving international law enforcement agencies. According to Neon Nettle, there were over 87,000 members trading images and videos of, quote, the most serious sexual abuse of children, including babies, and representations of sexual violence against children, unquote. As the Free Thought Project points out, surprisingly, the network of nearly 90,000 individuals is not even the largest bust in history. Another online darkneck pedophile platform called Playpen was dismantled earlier this year, and 58-year-old American Stephen Chase was sentenced to 30 years in federal prison. Chase was held responsible for the existence of Playpen, a child pornography network established in 2014, which had 150,000 active pedophiles on the site. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Renegade Nation, I know that the pedophilia networks that the elites and others utilize are vast globally, and it's on for, well, you know, for hundreds. Actually, I, I'll take it further. It's been going on for thousands of years. I believe it comes from the Babylonian Talmudic cult that has infested itself in our controlling families and across the controlling corporate structures. You want to be famous, powerful in whatever field? The major infestations is the entertainment and the political fields. It's bigger than that, but those industries draw to it people who will do almost anything to achieve that fame and or power. So they're gullible from those very desires. Interestingly, it also attracts sociopathic types, entertainment and politics, who have no empathy gene and will do absolutely anything, anything at all. They will harm someone, blackmail them, and on down the line to ensure that they can achieve their wealth, fame, and power. The good news is it looks like a lot of this sickness and over-the-top criminality that is rampant on this planet is not only being exposed these days, it's being put to a stop. As a matter of fact, after the G20 ended, Putin apparently was asked why he was smiling. I think they were referring to, uh, for example, photo ops uh, at his time with Donald Trump, President Trump. And Putin responded, quote, I'm smiling because... It's the end of the New World Order. He actually said it. And I think it's true. 
As I look at much of what's going on in, for example, Syria and the Ukraine, lots of hotspots are being dealt with differently than the recent years. It's a very good sign, Renegade Nation. And when I come back, I'm going to bring on a friend of mine. He's a researcher and a truth seeker, just like me. And we're going to talk into a, a variety of topics. I'm not exactly sure what we'll cover, but uh, Dennis knows his shit, let me tell you. This is Everly, and before I go to break, I want to mention Sky Pilot Radio with all the all-time best radio oh. DJs, M.G. Kelly and the real Don Steele playing the best of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Just go to skypilotradio.com and enjoy the soundtrack of your life. I'll be right back. More smoking content than a Jamaican spliff. You're listening to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. Hello again, Renegade Nation. This is Everly Isby, connecting the dots. And as I said uh, in the last segment before the break, um, I'm bringing on a friend of mine, Dennis Ward. And like I said, he's a truth seeker, always has been, uh, just like me. And he's done a lot of research in his life. And uh, I had you listening to the first segment as I was recording it. And I know you had some comments there, Dennis, because you almost started to talk when I was doing my... Uh, and, and that was cool, but I know you probably have comments of your own. What did you think of that first segment and what I was talking about? Well, I thought it was uh, pretty interesting. I was uh, I like how you let off with the, the story about um, uh, climate change with uh, uh, Dr. Tim Ball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, Yay, I, Dr. Ball! <laughs> Yeah, well, I've I've been I've been following him for a long time. He's been kind of a regular guest on Coast to Coast um, for many many years. I don't know how many, um, but he's kind of been their go-to guy for um, a real climate real scientist. Yeah, that, real science, real information. Yeah, he he's not, you know, he's not on you know any big corporations payroll or anything like that. He's a you know, he's a professor of climatology. I mean, yeah, you know. yeah. He's retired <clears throat> so, now, right? Pardon? He's retired, isn't he now? Yes, he is. Yes. And um, were you familiar um, with that trial, or that 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 where man was suing him for defamation of character? No, I, I'm not really familiar with it. Although um, he did mention it here a while ago um, in one of his interviews, I mean, he's been interviewed a lot of other places besides the coast. Oh, I'm sure. Um, and, um, but no, someone sent me a link to that. Um, I get, because of the nature of the research that I do, <laughs> I'm on everybody's list. Oh, yeah. I'm sure your, your, I'm sure your, your email account is like a ticker tape, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean... The the trash the trash box needs to get deleted at least uh, every day or two because it fills up really fast. <laughs> I know. So, I was, when I was talking to you yesterday, you kind of went on a rant about I can't keep up with it all. It's just coming in from everywhere. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just it's it's truly amazing, and it's it kind of goes back to one of the reasons why, you know, um, we sort of involved in all this. Um, however many years ago, um, you know. 
What was the first thing that you that started you uh, on the research bug? Do you remember? Um, yeah, it was the um, uh, <laughs> it was basically the genocide of the Native American people that I that I started learning about um, back in the mid to late seventies. Right. Which led to um, some college courses on Native American literature, which then led me into more books and my own study in that. Um, and yeah, when I was uh, I, right that, around the same time that, period, that's I remember I was in, in high school, and I did my history thesis at the end of the year on uh, the Trail of Tears, and I had never actually been aware because school of course doesn't in the movies certainly don't tell you the real story of what happened and it's so it's been coming out over the years since but back in the 60s and the 70s and stuff a lot of that stuff was not talked about so when i did that i did the research on the trail of tears i just was so angry you know i have a little bit of cherokee in me so uh that little bit just got infuriated <laughs> and ever since you know that's when i started realizing they're all lying to us about history so yeah, that's where I started. Oh yeah, and I started. Um, and I mean, I didn't even find this out till much later. But my um, my great grandmother on my mom's side of the family um, was um, uh, Kickapoo. 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 You know, there's yeah. a lot of tribe tribal names that I've never heard before, and sometimes some of them are really interesting, like that Kickapoo. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of Kickapoos actually down in northern Mexico, along the border. They sort of went there after the the that whole crazy Oklahoma land rush. My my grandfather there, yeah. was actually born in Indian territory, um, as it, it that's called then. Uh, near a town called Krebs, which then became Krebs, Oklahoma. Um, and I tried to do some genealogy on my grandma, my great-grandmother, but um, the lady that looked into it for me um, back there in Oklahoma said, you know, just most of that stuff was not written down until the late 1800s, early 1900s. So Yeah, and, yeah, and that's because uh, the uh, uh, tribal cultures didn't, you know, use writing. It was passed down in storytelling. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. it was all... It was all oral knowledge. Yeah, yeah. it was all, um, you know, the, the storytellers. They were the ones, you know, that um, literally passed on the knowledge and the information and educated the tribes. And, you know, people don't realize that <clears throat> in, the, in the Indian cultures, regardless of where they were from, typically the you know, grandparents were the ones that would teach the children. Because the parents were out hunting, fishing, and planting, and gathering, and doing all those things to keep everybody alive and well fed, and so it was it was left to the the grandparents and the elders to educate the young ones. Well, which is why have, older which is why older people have been revered by those tribal cultures. Whereas in our world, you know, the older you get, the the last the least. You're the last person that young ones want to turn to. They we kind of oh, got, kind of got turned upside down. Yeah, and I yeah. think their way is much more wise, and that's really interesting. But I and thanks for telling me that because I asked the question: What was the first thing that got you going? And that was the truth behind what really happened to the tribal cultures in North America and Middle and South America as well, with the advent of the uh, European <laughs> cultures coming over here. <clears throat> 
But uh, well, it, ha- I it wanna, also happened but in I Europe to... and Asia too. Oh yeah, that's Africa, true. And you know that there's been a war against the indigenous people of this planet for centuries. Yes, there yeah, has. So. But I actually want to bring you back around, researcher that you are. You can go on any one subject forever and ever. I know that, but I want to talk about what's going on now because you've been researching, and I know the G20. They did a lot of stuff in regards to creating the ceasefire agreements in the Ukraine. And also in Syria, apparently they're going to wind that stuff down. What do you think about all that? (laughs) It's about time. Yeah, (laughs) ain't that the truth? No, I mean, you know, we have we really have to look at the cause of all of this, and the cause of it is this absolutely psychopathic foreign policy of the so-called neocons, whether they're what I call them, demon rats or republicans. <laughs> uh, and they're all nothing but a bunch of corporate whores. Yes. And they're, um, they're sock puppets. Yes, they are. Um, and they, you know, they sell their souls to the highest bidder, and the highest bidders happen to be the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers, and they have their own agenda. And, and other, so, other ruling families, depending. Yeah. And yeah. then they have these little... Um, dog and pony shows, <laughs> <laughs> aka the G20, <laughs> or the G7, or the G8, or the Bilderbergers, or whatever. <laughs> yes, and the George Soroses of the world, and the, you know, so on yeah. down the line. Yeah, so, I mean, it's all I can say is that, you know, and I think we've talked about this before, I'm 67 years old. There's never been one single day of peace on this planet in my lifetime. And not even, one. And even not before. Not one half, not a quarter, none. Yep, I know. It's disgustingly true. I just, you know, you, you can't think about how many millions upon millions, it's probably in the billions when it comes to how many lives have been destroyed or lost over these fake wars that have been set up for us, including all the world wars and everything else in between and before and after. It's just, it's it's a sad state of affairs. But what's also interesting is that I'm noticing, like, for example, when you see certain politicians like John McCain or Chuck Schumer and or Maxine Waters, I always call her Maxine, as uh, Richie and Sammy also do on the other show, Richie and Sammy show. Um, you know, they just say the most ludicrous things and uh, absolute lies into regards to what they're doing because they're actually helping to back the terrorism and supporting it and, you know, d- working as sock puppets, puppets, excuse me, puppets, <laughs> for, for those who are paying them. And they're not representing the people. But they're, they're running around with their hair on fire since Trump got in. Yeah. I love that. They're running around with their hair. Well, that's true. That's great. They're lucky if they can get their pants pulled up and their zippers zipped, you know, before they run out in front of a camera spewing their crap. It's just oh, amazing. And and the constant accusations against Trump, I find that you know, I just if I if I turn on mainstream media just to see what they're saying and doing, I just my jaw drops every single time. I can't believe that just came out of his or her mouth. Oh my God! And then I get all upset. It's a diversion. It's the classic magician's trick. Um, While they're engaged in this verbal masturbation on twenty-four-seven on the media, you know what's going on the rest of the world. Well, we're still blowing up Syria. We're still blowing up Afghanistan. 
We're still blowing up Venezuela. We're still trying to blow up Brazil. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's the, you know, the target of opportunity. To, you know, it's like, what, who are we going to, I mean. And it's I, all I for was, profits. It's all for profits and money making and, and control and power and control over countries, sovereign nations. Yeah. Just so that they can I create. Just, I, I was writing a, a reply to an email today, and I just have to quickly share this to you before we go back to a break. But, yeah. you know, it's like the irony is not lost that here we are on this self-contained spaceship mm-hmm. whirling around this tiny little star on the edge of the Milky Way galaxy, traveling at about 250,000 miles an hour, around the edge of the Milky Way on a collision course with the Andromeda galaxy in about 150 million years. Oh, well, I guess we have time. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's the, how, think about it. Yeah. How, we're, how, on a, we're on a spaceship. Yeah, we are. We are. I totally agree. And what are we doing? It, it's kind of like, you know, the old thing about, you know, um, you don't crap in your own bedroom, you know? Yeah, you don't uh, shit where you eat. Exactly. Yeah. And so what are we doing? We're doing exactly the same thing. Why? For profits. Yeah, and it's all an illusion anyway. Yeah, yeah and it's so like, weird. it's, it's. I mean, the, the best the, the best and most fun analogy I can give you is the Ferengi of Star Trek. <laughs> Do you tell, know, Ferengi? Their entire, their entire lives are spent doing nothing but questing for... For money and power and gold press latinum, you know. <laughs> well, they, they must have been the ones that crash landed on this this planet. Were technologically advanced, and they they became the ruling families that we're still dealing with today. It was I the think Ferengis. you're absolutely right. People yeah. call them the reptilians and the dracos, but no, it's Star Trek's the Ferengis. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. Oh, but anyway, let's go to a break here. We'll be back very shortly. Thank you, Dennis. Um, and we'll be right back. This is Everly Isby. We don't sugarcoat shit. <laughs> this is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Hey there. Hi there. This is Everly Isby once again with my friend, Dennis Ward. We're talking about all kinds of things. Um, and we're going to talk about the Ukraine. We were talking a little bit about that on the uh, break. Um, because of what's happening right now, it's really interesting. And, and as I said in the first segment, after the G20, Putin, you know, was interviewed. And they were, you know, talking about the fact that Putin was smiling so much. And Putin is a, you know, he's a game a chess player you know he doesn't show his emotions much or anything like this so him smiling and laughing as much as he was so someone said why were you smiling and he actually said in public it's the end of the new world order and i just kind of went wow i can't believe he actually said that you know all those signs for people who are paying attention are pretty obvious that things are falling apart for the western new world order let's control and dominate and own the entire planet and everybody will be our slaves you know they've been they're being thwarted left right and center so what were your what's your comment on that dennis well, I think <laughs> Vladimir was um, um, probably had some very interesting discussions with uh, 
Donald, um, because of his background in, you know, um, big business in, you know, New York City and then around the globe and dealing with, you know, all kinds of governmental agencies. So he has a, a real insight into how things really work behind the scenes, which most of the planet have no clue. Exactly. And so, you know, you get together like that and you start discussing things of, of substance yeah. <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> the fake news and the booga, 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 and the sky is falling into the world stuff that's being perpetrated by the the uh, lamestream media. Um, At the behest of the uh, corporatocracy that's, you know, and the banksters that are controlling everything. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, it's... It's gotten to the level now to where the U.S. corporation, the, the USA corporation, controls the corporation of France and the corporation of Germany and the corporation of England and the corporation of Japan, Venezuela. Yeah, as franchises. And, yeah, they're all exactly they're all franchises, just like you know the state of California or the state of Nevada. So um, it's they haven't been able to get their grubby little hands on Russia. Um, or China, because China's history goes back so deep, and there's such um, a true um, um, connection amongst the Chinese people, as is there is in the Russian people, and in the folks that live in what are called the Central Asian republics of, you know, places like Mongolia, Kazakhstan, Azerbaijan, um, you know, that whole um, sub-Siberian uh, area of Asia. Um, and so, you know, we're talking about history that goes back thousands and thousands of years. And the Rothschilds, this whole thing really started, if you go back and you look at history, it really started back uh, in the 1850s with what was called the Crimean War, which went on for well over a decade. Uh, and it was between Russia... Turkey, um, England, France, um, and maybe the Austrian, Austrian Hungarian, the Austria-Hungarian um, um, dynasty at that time, um, and it, it was an attempt by the Rothschilds to gain control of Crimea and that whole southern part of Russia to get their foothold because. They were trying to get a hold of the vast oil resources of what's referred to as the Caspian Basin right. around the Caspian Sea. And when Russia stepped up to the plate and aided good old Abe Lincoln in the 1860s yeah. in the so-called Civil War um, and yeah, actually loaned that. this country... Uh, Ten million dollars. Yeah, to... I heard that that uh, when he received the cable or the message, the letter or whatever from Lincoln, that uh, the czar said he didn't even open it. He just says, "Give them whatever they want." That's yeah. how much Russia has always been behind the United. They even supported us in the revolution. They've yes, always, exactly. They've always, always, always been our ally, except for that brief period of the Soviet Union. Right. Well, basically, that brief period of the Soviet Union after World War Two. Which was right. pretty much contrived, you know. If you if you ever read the book, 
um, by Bruce Cathy. He was a pilot from New Zealand. Uh, it's called the Earth Grid. Uh-huh. And he exposes in there the fact that this whole massive um, uh, east-west conflict, mutual assured destruction, was a big giant hoax because apparently these nuclear devices are um, geometric. They only work at specific points on the Earth grid. That's why the first testing was done at White Sands in New Mexico and subsequent testing was done there north of Las Vegas and why those other tests were done out in the Pacific because those were grid points on the Earth where these devices would actually work. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I when I read that, it's like, you know, all that stuff about, you know, duck and cover and all that other fear-mongering oh, yeah. stuff was... We all grew up with... A, yeah, yeah, it's just a bunch of crap. It was a, you know, it's like I said, it's a mind fuck. <laughs> yes, it's always been a mind fuck, yes. Oh, yeah, and so there's been so much real information that's been withheld from everybody on the planet, not just, you know, this country, but every planet. And, you know, and it has this historical context getting back to Russia and, and America and when Rothschild, um, who was at that time the head of the Bank of England, when he found out that the Tsar had loaned, you know, Lincoln ten million dollars in silver and, and and ordered his ships to blockade the East and the West Coast, uh, apparently from you know historical <laughs> records, went absolutely, totally, and completely insane, screaming, you know, and vowed to destroy Russia. And destroy the United States of America and kill every man, woman, and child from Vladivostok to St. Petersburg, from New York to San Francisco. And he didn't care how he did it or how long it took to do it. Well, wasn't but, it also it comes to the, you know, the Bolshevik Revolution, the whole thing. Those weren't even Russians that started that revolution that created the Soviet Union to begin with. They were like German or something, weren't they? Well, they, they were German and Americans. They were trained on Standard Oil property in New Jersey. There you they go, given, Nation. They were given $20 million in gold, coin, and bullion, shipped across the Atlantic at the height of World War One to England and then to France and then across Europe in a, in a, a special armed guard train. And their... Um, their orders were to find every man, woman, and child in Russia with an Roman kill them all, oh including God. their dogs, their cats, their cattle. I've, um, read, I've read a lot of stuff about this whole history of, of Russia and the whole thing in the Soviet Union, the instigation of the whole thing, but I'd never heard that part. Oh, yeah. No, they, they wanted uh, – no, they. Th that's why the, the Romanov family was captured and, and murdered by the communists along with, you know – Millions of, I mean, you know, Romanoff, it's kind of like Smith or Jones. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a pretty, pretty well-known name at that point in time in Russia. The problem was, is that the Bolsheviks, who were the ones that fomented the Bolshevik Revolution, had other 
plans and ideas um, that didn't involve the Rothschilds. Even though they got the money from the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, and J.P. Morgan for this whole little endeavor and expedition to Russia, um, you know, they were they were looking at their return on their investment of being able to plunder all of the resources of Russia. Exactly, and, and that's what they're doing today. That's why they're demonizing Russia so much right now and have been, I should say. Trump, though, I think is calming those waters and has made some very important inlays to Putin uh, and through Sergei Lavrov, the foreign minister, and all that kind of stuff. I think that they're walking around the edges of this whole New World Order agenda, the neocons, neoliberal cons, all those people, to um, make the correct inroads so that we're not going to do that agenda. Right. Well, there was, you know, you have to you have to look at the connection in in Eastern Europe there in what's considered the European part of Russia, um, like with Ukraine, Ukraine uh, Belarus, um, what's now considered um, a little tiny independent state of Moldova, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia, um, Azerbaijan, Armenia. They were all at one time a part of what was the Soviet Union. Right. But they have historical ties and connections that predate the Soviet Union. Oh, yeah. And go back when you go years. back into the Middle Ages, you realize that, you know, the people in and around, you know, Ukraine from Odessa up to Kiev and then up into Moscow and Minsk and that whole area, they were known as the, the Kiev Rush, Rus, R-U-S. Mm-hmm. And so there's everybody in Ukraine speaks Russian. Yeah, they speak Ukrainian, but Ukrainian is very much like Russian. Mm-hmm. It's a Slavic language. The Slavic language is actually originated in Bulgaria. Yeah. And also, just for anybody out there who still thinks that Russia annexed Crimea recently, that's all baloney because Crimea has always been a part of Russia. And, in fact, there's an important military base for Russia on there, so you can't have no and everything in there. There's no way Russia would have allowed that. So the people voted to go back to Russia because that's where they always were. They were only given to the Ukraine during, I think it was Khrushchev, back in the 1950s. He deeded Ukraine out to itself, right? Well, Khrushchev was from Ukraine. Excuse me. Yes, he was. He was Ukrainian. Yes, and so he deeded the Crimean area the Ukraine. And so, are you there? Yeah. Okay. We had a little uh, glitch there. And so there's, you know, there's, I mean, we could spend hours and days talking about the historical <coughs> connections and relationships. What nobody's talking about um, in this whole war that took place after Victor- Victoria Newland overthrew the government there, mm-hmm. yeah, was the fact that, you know, we stole... 140-some tons of gold from the Ukraine Central Bank. Bingo. Bingo, yep. And um, the the people in eastern Ukraine and the area that's called the Don the Donbass, which is uh, the basically their states, the state of Donetsk and Lugansk. It's kind of like mm-hmm. California and Nevada. Right. Um, and so they were a very, um, um, what would be considered a very, um, Russian, an ethnic Russian enclave in Ukraine in the sense that they have been there 
They're ru- they're all of Russian descent. Their families have been there for generations. They've been involved in mining and manufacturing and um, the uh, Russian space program, Russian aerospace. I mean, I, actually going back into Soviet uh, aerospace. But Ukraine was was and is a basket of Europe. They have some of the richest soil on the planet. I mean, here in California, we have a guy who's growing um, an heirloom organic um, uh, um, brand of wheat that originated in Ukraine and made its way across Europe into Scotland and from Scotland to Canada and from Canada into the Midwest and then eventually here to California. So, you know, we have... Here in the area where I live, we actually are eating, you know, what would be considered heirloom grain from the Ukraine from, you know, 600 years ago. That's very cool. I didn't yeah. Know that yeah. The whole thing, though. I mean, what are your what are your thoughts? You know, because we're got to we got to end here quickly. But what can you give us a, from what you've been reading about what's happening now with the ceasefire situation going on for the Ukraine and also Syria? But Ukraine, let's finish up with Ukraine. Uh, yeah, the ceasefire in Ukraine. Well, the ceasefire in Ukraine that supposedly took place after the fall of um, Debaltseva, um two years ago has been sporadic at best. Um, the Ukrainian military continues to assault the, uh, the small towns and cities along the, what's considered the border of Donetsk and Lugansk, um, indiscriminately shelling you know, residential areas, schools, hospitals. I mean, it's just insidious. You can go on YouTube and just put in Ukraine war, and you will find literally thousands of actual, uncut, unedited front uh, film, battle film of the wars and how they took what is there and how um, when it first broke out and that was in 2014 right yeah one of the one of the first place these first places they targeted was a little town or a city uh, called uh, Gorlovka or Horlo depending on whether you're pronouncing it Russian or Ukrainian um, and I have a friend who used to live there um, I don't know if she's still there or if she's now gone um, but you know, her, her description to me, and then I saw the actual footage of the opening salvo, so to speak, where um, the uh, Ukrainian army had lined up their big heavy howitzers, their tanks, and then their grad rocket launchers. And um, they had, um, I think... 12 or 13 of these grad launchers, each one holds 44 rockets, and they literally just unleashed them on this town of Horlovka in that surrounding area one morning, and, you know, her version of it was is that she was making breakfast for her and her son, um, and her son was, at that time, was in high school. Um, she worked at a, you know, just a local pharmacy, um, you know, had a little house and a garden, and couple of dogs and a cat and a goat and some chickens and fruit trees. I mean, you know, just normal mom, you know. And 
the rockets came raining down on her part of the town, and she said she and her son literally ran for their lives, left everything behind. Yeah, I'm sure they did. And once again, that was all funded and backed by United States and NATO in order to to do damage to Russia and her historical aspects in order to, you know, they're trying to take Russia down so that they can control Russia's vast resources and make them a puppet to Western interests. And it's not working, folks. And, you know, Dennis, it's been great talking to you. I really enjoyed uh, having you on. Can I just add one more thing? Oh, sure. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, we're having a little technical. We're having a little technical difficulties. Can you hear me? Yes, I can now. Okay, good. I just add one more thing. Sure, sure. I have a question for you. Okay. Who's been the largest contributor of humanitarian aid to the war zone in Ukraine? I, I'm not sure. I was my first instinct would be to say Russia. Bingo. Yes, indeed. Russia is a really great com- country. No matter what, you know, it's it's they're not pure as driven snow. You can't be when you're in a country and a region that is coveted by so many greedy little bastards and bastardesses out there, but uh, with a long history of the desire to control it. So they're they're an extremely intelligent and a tough bunch of people and they're very worldly wise. So I think Putin has done a great job in diplomatically and lawfully handling the insanity in the Middle East and the Ukraine. And uh, and once again, I th- we really have to go here, but I thank you, Dennis, for coming on. I hope we can, we can do this again very soon. Okay, sounds good to me. Okay, Renegade Nation, thanks for listening. This is Everly Isby. This is Connecting the Dots, and you're here listening on Renegade Talk Radio. Good night.